재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas Twice a week, we listen real carefully to what Koreans are tweeting and posting and reading about in mainstream media. It's a little feature we call Culture Pulse, and it's our way of tapping into the Korean mindset. On Thursdays, we are here with Natasha So to guide us on the journey. Hey, Natasha. Hi, Carl. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Okay, so topic number one, uh, apparently some reshuffles at one of the city's uh, main animation departments at a major university. That's right. Some big changes are in the works at Sejong University. Now, the cartoon animation department at that university is one of the country's top schools in the industry with an impressive alumni and teaching faculty. Mm. To name a few... Artist Haeil-won, famous for the webtoon series The God of Bath, is a graduate there. And cartoonist Lee Hyun-se, former president of the Korean cartoonist organization, and Yoon Tae-ho, creator of Biseng. They both hold teaching positions at the department. So it's a major teaching institution in the industry, to say the least. All right. So uh, they're making some shake-ups, though. Right. And the proposed plan is to take the cartoon animation department from the College of Arts and Physical Education, where belongs to at present and move it to the College of Engineering. The university said that this change is part of a wider move to foster the development of students armed with both contents and skills to showcase that content through the latest technology. Mm. And according to department head Han Changwan, if students are only taught how to draw as they are now, then they're likely to become you know, mere subcontractors to major production agencies and have to compete on price with Chinese graduates who are quickly growing in number. That makes a certain amount of sense on the surface. Uh, In terms of the students and their school experience, what will that mean to them? Well, they will feel the difference uh, at various stages, but right from the admission stage. Being a department within an art college, it meant two things at present for new applicants. One, they don't have to worry about their math scores. Mm -hmm. And two, they had to be serious about the practical exam because these are things like impromptu sketching or still life painting because these accounted for around 60% of the entry grade. But with the department to come under the engineering umbrella from next year, the admissions board will now give more weight to an applicant's math score and less to their performance on the practical exam. More weight to a math score. Those very words make me tremble. <laughs> <laughs> not, not your strong... <laughs> no, but never was, never was. But um, I, it, again, it makes sense. Um, I guess this is a metaphor for what's happening in so many of our lives, right? Technology is creeping in and we have to master certain technological skills, which in the past we might not have had to uh, master, like applications, right. or, uh, software programs, things like that. Sure. So this is kind of the real world crashing in on their their art. Uh, do the students have any kind of opinion on this? They're strongly opinionated. Uh, it's quite divided. Some fear that it will shift the curriculum's focus from creativity and artistic expression to computing and calculation, while others, such as second-year student Yi Gumin, feel that it's a positive change keeping up with the times. Mm. And how about people out there with no particular dog in the fight? What are they saying? Well, some of the common sentiments were... 
Technicians can help with technology, but no one can help with creativity. So some negativity there. Mm. Another comment, using math scores to choose tomorrow's cartoonists. Well, this is akin to teaching baseball players how to make bats and baseballs in the name of technology-driven education. And finally, there's no question that combining the arts and sciences can lead to synergy. But this would be better achieved by letting art students and science students work together on shared projects, not by moving a whole department. Yeah, I do think at the end of the day, uh, it probably is a better idea to let the students specialize and then forge these kind of uh, classes where they merge and they cooperate on, say, a mock startup or a mock technological project. You know, a good blogger is essentially a good writer. They don't have to be a technological wizard. They can still outsource that kind of stuff. Right. And as you said, specializing, some people are suggesting that it should be taken to the master's level and not sort of brought in at the undergraduate level. Ah, very good point. Topic number two now, selfies. Uh, Natasha, do you take a lot of selfies? I would like to say that I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I bet you're fibbing. Uh, But, uh, yeah, a whole lot of people take selfies. Uh, You might say some people are kind of obsessive or compulsive about taking selfies. Yeah. You? I am terrible at taking selfies. Uh, when I know I'm about to take a selfie, my face contorts into these weird shapes. So It isn't a quiet skill. Yeah, yeah. you have to hold yourself neutral and pretend you're not pointing a camera at yourself, which I have not mastered yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at it. Yeah, so this topic of selfies. A popular KBS news reporter, Port, looked at this and asked the question, why are they so addictive and what are some of the latest trends? So let's start with the second part of the question. The latest trend in the art of selfies is to materialize the pictures with a 3D printer. So a special sensor will take hundreds and thousands of pictures at different angles and use this information to print a coin-like medallion of your face or even a small figurine that you can put on your office desk. Instant self-sculpture. Yeah, Yeah. a mini version. Wow. And then there are the selfie drones which fly in the air and it automatically follows your face and your body as you move. And these are popular with those who want to record themselves while they're skydiving, skiing and so on. So extreme sport. Yeah, we just did a thing, big thing on drones the other weekend Mm -hmm. uh, for our weekend show. And that feature is called Active Track. The computer is smart enough to know what a face is and what your face is. And then it just stays on it while it flies ahead of you and you ride your bike or or ski down a hill or whatever you doing. That is the latest trend, yeah. It's kind of wild. But there is something, just even in the basic handheld smartphone or, if we must, the selfie stick, uh, that that makes people really, really like taking them. What is it about that? Well, according to this report, when seen from a neurological point of view, selfies hold greater significance to us than photos of other parts of our body or our material positions possessions. So visual stimuli, it's usually processed by the occipital or the back part of our brain, while human faces alone are processed through the temporalis or the side part of our brain as well that's responsible for emotions. I love it when you talk neuroscience. (laughs) You following? Uh, Yeah, it's a a little bit uh, brainy, literally. Um, But yeah, so basically you're getting a little uh, dopamine rush. Exactly. You know, you're getting a little sort of squirt of something nice that goes into your blood and brain chemistry. Exactly. And that is the basis of an addictive action, Hmm. that sort of positive loop. And also, according to the KBS report, one of the reasons people take multiple shots in the same angle, which seems counterproductive, is because most of the time, 
<clears throat> excuse me, we see ourselves through a mirror. And naturally, this is the reverse image of our true selves because, you know, uh, the left and right uh, sides are switched. I see. So you're seeing a truer version of yourself and you're getting a little bit of variety from that usual mirror image that you, uh, that you are so used to, maybe a little tired of. Right. So one theory is that we're unfamiliar with this true image and that's why we take a lot because it seems a bit odd. Mm, Almost like a puppy discovering himself in the mirror for the yeah. first time. <laughs> I don't know if that metaphor holds. What are people saying about selfies out there? Well, the top response reads, As odd as it is to see my real face through a selfie, it's stranger still listening to a recording of my own voice. Mm. And we can all agree to this with the first time you hear a voice <laughs> yeah. through a speaker. So that comment was liked over 9,000 times. Selfies and SNS in general are superficial. Once you get to a certain age, you begin to see how fake and cheesy the whole thing is and want to distance yourself from the whole self-absorbed practice. Mm. Or if you were a certain age when selfies got started, you still don't get what the big fuss is about. Mm -hmm. And lastly, selfies are addictive because it allows us to capture the exact image we want to portray to the world, while photos taken by another person is closer to the reality but almost always uglier than the selfie. Who has a more vested interest in a good picture than the person in the picture and simultaneously taking it? Yeah, and when you can edit, post-edit it, right? Exactly, and you can do infinite retakes. <laughs> topic number three, our final topic for today. Ooh, Le Michelin is coming Yo. to Seoul. This is maybe a good thing, it may be a bad thing, but uh, it will certainly give people something to talk about when it comes to fancy restaurants. Yeah, so earlier last month, Michelin announced that the first ever Michelin Guide to Seoul will be published later this year. This will make Korea the 27th city in the world to be covered by the famous publication and the fourth city in Asia following Japan, Singapore and Hong Kong. Now, at the time, so a month ago, the company said that its inspectors were set to begin exploring Seoul in a few weeks' time. That was four weeks ago. So it's safe to assume that, as we speak, these undercover connoisseurs are doing their rounds in Seoul restaurants. Stealth restaurant inspectors Mm -hmm. gathering data and information right now, getting ready to pass judgment. So the fancy restaurants out there, the hotel restaurants and the uh, various bistros, might be stressing out about now. Yeah, because they really want to get their name on there. You know, especially if you get it with the two or three stars, it would be an absolute dream, right, for many of the chefs and mm-hmm. restaurateurs. So according to an unnamed hotel worker interviewed for a Chungang Nebo article, restaurants nowadays are so stressed. It's like a battlefield out there. And no hotel is free from the pressures of the Michelin Guide announcements. On top of stricter quality control, Restaurant staff have apparently been advised to pay utmost attention to detail in customer service, especially if the client is a mixed group of Koreans and foreigners, because the rumor is that most Michelin inspectors are foreigners that come with local to help them order off the menu. Yeah. So it's a good time to go into these fancy restaurants with your French accent and <laughs> say, I'm just visiting for a short time. So, oh, so <laughs> what, what are uh, some people saying about this stuff? Uh, one person wrote, I guess the moral of the story is, if you plan to go to a famous restaurant in the coming weeks, make sure to go with a foreigner friend for improved service. Mm. As someone who enjoys seeking out Korea's hidden mud dips, I wonder how closely my list of favorite restaurants will match the Michelin Guide. 
And lastly, how great would it be for Michelin to discover a Korean restaurant serving authentic Korean cuisine? It'd be a shame if they published a whole Michelin edition only to have it full of restaurants serving Italian, French and Japanese cuisine. And it all started by a tire company that wanted people to drive to more restaurants. Mm -hmm. So that's where all the the furor started. That's all the time we have for today's Culture Pulse. Natasha, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And Koreascape returns with Time Out Seoul right after this. Thank you.